0: Hello there, this interview that you're about to hear was originally done by me, Sam Roscoe or Chris Prince for the Blue Moon Podcast sometime between 2009 and now. That means if there's anything that sounds a bit out of date or if there's anything that's an obvious topic that we've not asked the guest about, it's probably because the interview is from a long time ago. This show is basically the Blue Moon Podcast interview archive. All of the new interviews that we do with former city players and managers will go live on the Blue Moon Podcast first, so if you like what you hear then please go and subscribe to that, and there's a new show every Friday with a look at everything on and off the pitch for City. But for now, enjoy the end of this generic recorded message, and enjoy the interview with the person whose name is in the title of this episode.
1: The club was pretty much in the 19th century at the time. Um, It was way behind where it needed to be. Um, The stadium, of course, itself, Main Road, was a stadium that I loved greatly, but was uh, in a pretty poor state. We didn't have a really a proper training ground. Um, we, we had a training ground in, in Moss Side. We didn't have a store, to, uh, a shop, a store of any size. I mean, it was like a postage stamp thing. Um, our offices were a house uh, in Moss Side. We didn't have really proper offices. And, um, you know, the, the, the club had been allowed to just uh, fall behind the times. So uh, there was an awful lot to be done.
0: And of course, on the pitch, it wasn't going particularly well for the club at the time. It ended up with uh, with the club dropping to their their lowest ever level in uh, in Division Two. What What are your memories of that season?
1: Well, it was uh, you know it was disaster upon disaster. Um, you know, to be to be struggling in the in the, champion, in the championship um, was a it was an issue, and then to find ourselves when I became, when I became I became chairman in March of that year. Where we were in a pretty precarious position, and we brought Joe Royal in, but it was too, it was too late to save us, to save ourselves from relegation. But actually, as it turned out, I think the relegation was a blessing in disguise because it it, it gave us a chance to really um, revolutionise the club. And as uh, you know, that's not too strong a word. And um, uh, the day after we got relegated, I did a two-page spread in the Manchester Evening News, um, setting out um, you know my my strategy for the future. Um, you know around youth development around all sorts of things and I, I think something that I believe gave the fans uh, some encouragement that at least somebody was looking at the thing and uh, there was <laughs> there was some positiveness ahead in spite of this very difficult situation um, being in the third level of English football for the first time in our history so it was a, it was obviously a very rough season with a I remember the very last game of course we we beat um, Stoke City 5-2 I think it was away from home, but still went down because the other results didn't go for us. But as I say, I think the you know, looking back on it now, it didn't seem so at the time. Um, it worked for the best because it gave us a chance to go through the new broom completely through the club and change the club fundamentally.
0: Now there were one or two rumours uh, cir- uh, ra- circulating around the club at the time of uh, roundabout about Christmas uh, in Division Two that uh, that Joe Royal was actually close to the sack. Um, what? How, how? were things going behind the scenes at that time? Because obviously the season didn't get off to uh, to a very good start.
1: No, it didn't. Get, no, first of all, the rumours are completely untrue. Um, uh, we had great confidence in, in Joe Royal. Uh, we was to be, one of those situations. We seem to be doing all the right things. We signed some 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 good players. Uh, we would appearing to do everything right and yet the results weren't coming through at the time and I think it was on Boxing Day um, of of that year uh, that we played a match at Main Road and I'm not sure but it may have been against Stoke again and I remember we were 1-0 down at half time and it was all looking pretty desperate and I think there was a big barley in the dressing room at half time as I understand it, I mean I wasn't there Um, and we came out and we won that game and then we never looked back after that um, we were too far behind to get up automatically, but of course we got to that uh, that ima- unimaginably important playoff uh, final with Gillingham, which was the greatest match I've ever seen. From a, sort of from a you know a personal point of view, I'll never see another game like that.
0: Well, just coming on to uh, to the playoff final. Um, talk me through your thought process at two 0 What what were you thinking at that point?
1: <laughs> Very clear, I can tell you. I was clear to clear today as I was then. I was looking at that giant scoreboard at Wembley, Manchester City nil, Gillingham two, and hearing the Gillingham crowd singing away, and thinking to myself, "What the hell are we going to do next season? This will be really difficult uh, because we needed that first time promotion. It was really important, and among other things, I knew that if we didn't go up. There was a chance that the new stadium deal wouldn't happen because the the council, who'd been the Manchester Council, who'd been extremely supportive, and uh, my relationship with Howard Bernstein uh, has been very, very good. Um, but you know, I knew they wanted to see some signs that the club was going in the right direction and of, a of progress, and that promotion was vital. So when you know, when people say, "Well, was that the most important match in the club's history?", I would say, without any doubt. Uh, it was, and to be two nil down, as you say, with uh, one or two minutes to go, and then win it was the most extraordinary, um, extraordinary moment in in my football experience.
0: Was there ever any danger of the club going out of business?
1: No, I don't think out of business in the in the real sense, because I, football clubs don't go out of business in that sense. I think if we'd been a you know a normal commercial company, then the answer might have been yes. But no, I don't. You know, football clubs have a way of carrying on, but I think. What might have happened is that, that sort of a, that that circle of decline could have conti- could have continued if we hadn't gone up. Um, you know, supporters would have got disillusioned. You know, I, you know, I, I had a window as a new chairman to sort of try and generate some success. Joe Wall had a window as a new manager, and if he didn't succeed, and you know, we'd spent another year in the in the um, first division. Uh, I think it would have got increasingly difficult, and you know, people's confidence in us would have probably reduced. So. Um, no, I don't think we'd have gone of business in the sense that you, 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 you mean, but things I think would have been extremely difficult, and I think getting up would have got even more difficult. You know, every year you don't do it. I mean, you look at other clubs, look at Leeds United and how they struggled ever to get back to the Premier League. You know, if they'd done it, they needed to do it quickly, or it gets more difficult year on year. Now, of course,
0: back in the First Division, it seemed to, it seemed to have like a snowball effect, and uh, it ended up with another promotion. Was, uh, was back-to-back promotion something that was ever discussed?
1: Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, we were, you know, we were really, you know, again, it's moment, yeah, it's momentum. I mean, having got the first promotion just by the skin of our teeth, um, you know, we felt that we did have good players. We we, we were able to sign uh, sign one or two more, and um, uh, you no, know, we we always felt we would have a we would have a chance, and it was a, it turned out to be a a great season with that great another unbelievable finish at Blackburn last game of the season
0: well again i was uh, I was going to come on to that one. What were your thoughts there at uh, at one nil and Blackburn hitting the post every every two yeah, minutes I, It felt was, like
1: you can imagine my thoughts <laughs> was you know i thought i was I was very very concerned but um you know the the, the football goals were were on our side that day and to count, to win four one we didn't really, we didn't win two one to win four one it was absolutely wonderful and to come back to uh, Manchester and have the celebrations that we had um you know, there were two great days the Gillingham match and the Blackburn match were two fantastic ends to the season and really set the groundwork for what's happened to the club since then.
0: Do you think that promotion um, in uh, 2000 to the Premier League came maybe a season too soon for the club?
1: Well, it's a lot to to go from from two two levels down up to the Premier League and the Premier League of course is, is such a strong league Maybe, maybe it was too soon, but you know, you can't. I mean, you can't choose these things. And we, yeah, we were thankful enough that we did it. Um, I was disappointed um, with our performance that season. I thought we could have done better. And um, you know, in the end, uh, the end of the season, Joe Joe all went, which is a great shame in many ways because he'd done a great job over those previous two years. He he really had, and he and I had a great relationship. But um, you know, we felt the we needed to change, and we felt it was desperately important having had the two the two bits of success and then having a setback that we were covered straight away. We could not afford to spend time in there and we needed somebody who'd be impactual and really give that sort of a new shot of momentum. And of course um, Kevin Keegan did that. He's a very particular sort of manager, a great personality, but but certainly we all we all felt as a board that he he would be someone with that stature and that ability to you know, create excitement and, and and create momentum and do something quickly, because we we just felt we couldn't afford to languish around there for two or three seasons. We had to, you know, having had that back-to-back promotions, we needed to get back up there quickly, and uh, and you know and it worked out. That was a wonderful season that we had yeah, our first year w- with him, with um, uh, you know some, with some great players and Berkovitz and Ali Bernabio and so on. It was a it really was. And sometimes we had a man sent off and played great football with ten men and you know wiped the floor with the opposition. So it was a, it was a really if I remember correctly, we had nearly enough a hundred points and a hundred goals. You know, and we there was no playoffs for us that season. It was, uh, you know, we were very, very good.
0: I was going to say that must be uh, one of the seasons that uh, sticks out in your memory as as uh, one of the most entertaining, if nothing else.
1: Well, yeah, absolutely. You know, I was very lucky. You know, in a, in a way, to come into the club when it was when it was at uh, such a low point, and have the the chance, which very few people have, to make such fundamental change to something which I you know something something which I love very much. Uh, you know, as well, the club I supported since, uh, I, think it's, I hate to say it, since 1954, um, you know, it was fantastic and to get those two promotions and then the disappointed relegation, but then get another promotion in that way. You know, it was a fantastic um, uh, four year period. So, um, yeah, it was, it was an, an unforgettable season.
0: Now, we've talked quite a lot about what happened on the pitch at, uh, during your time there. Now, I, um, just in doing the research for this interview, I didn't realise just how kind of key you were in, in uh, several aspects of the club, like uh, the move to Carrington, for instance, or uh, you know the move to Eastlands, or even setting up the academy. How proud are you about what you kind of set in place at that time?
1: I'm, I'm very proud. I think it's one of the, you know, I've done a few things in my career, but I think you know, that period was, was one of the best, and... Um, you know, I, I you know I, I really did that deal on the new stadium um, with Manchester City Council and Sport England and so on. It was very complicated, and we you know we had very few resources and we only had a handful of uh, people. I, I look back on it and I quite you know, wonder quite how we managed to do it. Um, if you remember that we we had uh, the finance director, Alistair McIntosh, uh, who's now chief executive of Fulham, who I brought in and he was very very good and he sort of took a, a, a pretty strong role. In um, working with me on the new stadium, and uh, it was a wonderful deal. I mean, it cost the club very, very little, and we, and we insisted from the beginning that um, you know, we didn't need a new. Well, in a way, we we, we didn't need a new a new club a new stadium for thirty four thousand people. We needed, you know, a bigger stadium. But but because of that, we were only prepared to pay something for the excess attendance over the capacity at Main Road. So we managed to structure a very favourable deal. Um, at a rental t- rental type deal, and uh, in terms of capital cost, it didn't, it didn't cost us much at all. So it was a very, uh, but I have to say, it was a good deal for everybody. It, it was a great deal for Manchester. Um, it, it's, it, it, is, it is clearly, and as time has gone by, it's helped to renovate East Manchester. So we're very, very, very proud of that indeed. And the new training ground, um, you know, more or less equally so, because you can't have a top-class football club without a First-class training ground is—it's you know, just impossible. And uh, what we created at Counton compared to the old, um, the old, the old ground at Moss Side, uh, was quite something. And um, yeah, I'm very proud of that indeed. Now, of
0: course, there were many fans who were who were sad to see you go when you know, when you um, resigned from the board.
1: Um, just talk me through the decision, why you took that decision. Well, I don't want to say too much about that, but but. Um, You know what happened? It's it's you know life is when things are tough and things are very difficult. You know people generally, most people don't want to know. They they leave things to they're happy to leave things to you. When City were in that real problem in 1998, a lot of people were scared. You know the fans were angry. It was a very volatile situation, and uh, I I had a very very free hand. I was given a a free hand, and it it was it was fantastic, and that enabled me to do uh, with with some very good very good colleagues. Uh, to build up a team of people and do a lot you know, very very quickly and I think it was, a, it was a great four or five years as we started to get successful of course and then other people start to want to get more more active and there were differences of views about some key things about management certainly about buying players I thought we were beginning to throw money around that we shouldn't have been the one or two signings that I won't go into specifically but you'll probably know which ones they were which I disagreed with strongly and I, and I proved to be right um, and in the end, I felt that the the sort of uh, strong role I've been able to play over four or five years was becoming dissipated. Um, you know, I wasn't a major shareholder; I was a shareholder, but not a major shareholder. Um, and in the end, of course, the people who provide the money and uh, hold the shares—you uh, know—they have the final say. And that 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 world became that whole situation became much less straightforward, much more mixed. And uh, I wasn't happy with it, so I very well you can imagine how reluctantly I'm having had a wonderful time with my club that I love so much to step away wasn't easy, but I was not prepared to compromise on things like that.
0: Just looking at uh, at Manchester City now, then obviously these, uh, there's been huge investments that's gone into the club. Um, how how important do you think that is for Manchester and for the team itself?
1: Yeah, well let me just say one thing first. I think I think City got a little lucky because. Um, I was very much against the deal to sell the club to Shinawatra Shinawatra. Um, I I thought he was not a fit and proper person to to own that club and uh, quite a lot that happened uh, supported that I think if you look at the prospectus put out at the time not many of the promises that were were offered were were met and uh, I think the club was sold to him too cheaply Um, so having, having got it into his hands that was a real concern to me um, but uh, I think they got lucky in the sense that having found, or forever, forever found the uh, the present owners from uh, from uh, uh, Abu Dhabi. The you know I think the, the the club has got very very good owners now uh, who have invested hugely. Um, they've taken a long-term view about things, and uh, you know I, I, th- I think the, the club is in good hands. Um, and it's you know I'm obviously quite fantastic to see. The club, who I saw struggling in the third level of English football, now possibly the wealthiest club in the world and one of the the leading clubs in in this country with uh, you know, with championships and cup wins and so on. It's uh, an amazing transformation. I could never have seen that. I have to say, um, ten ten years ago.
0: And just looking ahead to uh, the current season, obviously City have brought in a number of English players this uh, this summer. What what do you make of of the transfers that they've made this year?
1: I don't really, you know, we'll see. Um, One or two two look a bit expensive to me, but, you know, what do I know? Um, You know, the proof of the pudding will, as always, be uh, in the eating. You know, City have strengthened, United have strengthened their team, uh, Arsenal are so doing, and so so are Chelsea. And they they clearly will remain the four, I think, leading clubs. I can't see anybody. Uh, challenging those four, I don't think. I don't think the um, that next level strong enough to challenge the four. So um, that's where the race will be. I think um, Arsenal look quite strong to me going forward. I if mean, they finished last season well, but uh, City got a very very strong squad, and, um, and they must have as good a chance as anybody uh, this season. But I think what, what we also want to see is City doing a little better in Europe, because their performances have been extremely disappointing year on year. And I'm sure the owners and everybody connected with the club wants to see um, a much stronger European performance.
0: And of course, you've, uh, you've mentioned it a few times. You were growing up as, uh, as a City fan. Um, can you confirm, I've been reading, can you confirm that the, uh, the day of the 56 Cup final was actually the day of your bar mitzvah?
1: Yes, it was. May the 5th, 1956. Yes, one of the best, <laughs> the best days of my life. Absolutely. Yes. And I, watched, and I did watch the match on television, in spite despite of the uh, wishes of some of my family. I remember the weather was absolutely fantastic. It was a wonderful, wonderful um, sort of summer's day really for the for the for, for early May. Um, There's great colour. were wearing this rather unusual strip, and they played some great. Football. It was a it was it was a fabulous match. Um, I, I I can roll off the that team. I mean, I can't I can't remember very many football teams the actual names of the players. But that one I, I will never forget with Bert Troutman in gold and so on, and of course Bert Troutman breaking his neck as part of the match. So it was a and having lost the previous year, uh, very disappointingly to uh, Newcastle when I think if I remember correctly we only had ten men because Jimmy Meadows, got um, had a, broke his leg and uh, there were no um, substitutes allowed. Um, to come back the following year, and win on that particular day for me was something I will I will never forget.
0: And of course, um, it seems like you've got a bit of a thing with FA Cup finals as well, because your first one as as FA chairman uh, was Manchester City against Stoke as well.
1: Yeah, it was a bit surreal really to be to be sitting you know in the, in the Wembley Stadium um, as FA chairman and see my my own team coming and winning the cup on was <laughs> um, was was quite something.